Left. Right. Yo, what's up? Thank you for joining us for this episode of Sip Talk. Looking forward to sharing with you a couple of cocktails. I invite you to join us with a cocktail of your own if you are drinking and listening to us or watching us. Let me know you're drinking. See you on the other end. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. Cheers. All right. We are live. Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, live across the board. This is episode 82 of Sip Talk. Today, I am joined by James the Bosnator Boswell, accountant extraordinaire, philosopher, professional referee, and accountant. He's in Charleston, South Carolina, and by David Boswell, the political scientist who is in Sacramento, California. <laughs> um, our West and, Coast correspondent. Our West Coast correspondent. How's everything over there on the West Coast, David? <laughs> it's pretty chill. It's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we already, going on right now. We already, we already <laughs> thought so. Um, so we're running a little late tonight because... And James got lost in a song. <laughs> that, was- no, oh, that was two minutes. Well, how about the like the <laughs> 10 minutes it took you to figure out how to press the right buttons to go live? Um, <laughs> very true. We got a new setup. Uh, hopefully the audio is decent. I haven't heard any complaints lately, but, uh, but we're glad you, you've joined us. And if you're not here, well, you're missing the message. Um, we got a few things to talk about. We've got to talk about Dr. Seuss. We've got to talk about tolerance and oversensitive people. I want to dive a little more uh, into your home purchase, James, and the, the steps that you've taken so far, the following steps, what that process is like. But I want to get started with what you guys are listening to currently, because, uh, you know, James, you get lost in a song. It sounds very kind of dreamy and romantic. No, it was more just like I was practicing guitar and I forgot what time it was. <laughs> um, still dreamy and romantic. So, so what, what were you listening to and, uh, and what, what are you guys listening to currently? Well, I was playing some Kings of Leon and nice. Dandy Warhols, also the uh, shins. And, and very nice. Very cool. Um, all of those are great bands. I think, I think I've seen Kings of Leon live. The shins would be very cool to see live. Uh, the Dandy Warhols, I think, I, I don't think I would be impressed by going to the concert. I think they have great music, but I don't know that they can put on a show. I, obviously, I wouldn't know. I haven't been to, the, haven't been to a concert by them. But Kings of Leon, one hell of a show. Um, and David, what's, what's in your music lineup right now? Right now, kind of the standards for me. Uh, lots of Vampire Weekend, a band that James actually turned me on to Super Organism, who is a really, really fun group. Uh, and lastly, actually been kind of a, something of a Lord kick lately. Really? She's Yeah, she's really pretty good. I, I sent some to James. Not everything was a hit with him, but there are a handful like, no, nah, I'll appreciate it. Yeah, there's I, some catchy tunes that she writes. I went to a Lord concert. Uh, it's a sad story. I'll save it for another time or a few more drinks. But, uh, but sad story. But I went to a Lord concert in... Uh, has to be 2013 
Uh, but Lord is a great, great band. Does she, does she have anything new? She came out with her album Melodrama. I think that was like 17. Um, I picked up a couple of her. 17, yeah. Yeah, maybe. A couple of her, uh, couple of her records. And then the last band that I'll plug is one of James and our favorites, Sleeper Agent, band out of Ohio. They're not together anymore, but they did put out two amazing <laughs> albums and strongly recommend very cool very cool let me share what i what i've been listening to and uh i'm gonna crack a drink here uh i recently added a, a likey lee album to my uh i was watching a movie and, and i shazammed one of the songs so i've been listening to this album by likey lee l-y-k-k-e i've heard of her um and then uh i didn't realize today was the last day for one of our interns and i usually kind of I, you know, I know when their, their last day is we usually go out and we have lunch or something like that but I completely missed it it's a Thursday usually a last day is like a Friday um, but we didn't get to do anything but he he brought me a gift which was very generous and he brought me a record by the Chemical Brothers which uh, I wasn't sure at first you know the, the band didn't ring a bell but very cool album very cool album artwork and I opened it up and started to look at some of the songs and I know a whole bunch of these songs uh, unfortunately, the record player in my office wasn't hooked up, so I'm going to have to get this set up, get some, some speakers bumping in the office, and listen to some, some Chemical Brothers. It's um, I like, recommend The Salmon Dance by The Chemical Brothers. It's almost like an elect, elect, uh, electric music, electronical music. Electric, I, don't, I saw uh, them the first time in American Ultra. They play the basically the closing song when they have a, a big showdown. It's a Perfect great choice. Uh, and then I've been listening to a little My Morning Jacket and also the Hold Steady. You guys listen to the Hold Steady? You would, I think you would know the music. I've not you. heard of the Hold Steady. Oh, you got I've it. I've heard them. You got to listen to it. It's, it's almost like he's, I wouldn't say he's speaking and not singing, but it's more along the lines of like speaking and, and not singing. I don't know. I don't know how you put it, but it's cool. What do you, uh, what are you drinking down there in the in the low country, James? I'm keeping it light with bush ice again. I might move on to a glass of uh, Glen Glenlivet 15. Um, Casey bought some for himself to celebrate. Um, finally having the apartment to himself. As with uh, you. yeah, <laughs> but Casey is the Casey is the third of the Boswell brothers. Yeah. The first two are featured above and below me, or left and right of me, if you're listening in stereo. Um, so he, so uh, the roommate moved out, and and Casey hated the roommate. I'm guessing, so he he bought a a bottle to celebrate. Pretty much, Glenlivet 15. Yeah, he said it was really good. I haven't had a chance to sip it yet because he bought it on um he bought it on Monday, and I was super hungover Monday, so I didn't want to have anything to drink. We know, yeah. Um, very cool, David. Dan, uh, how are we going to describe California? Sunny California. It's still sunny out there right now, right? still sunny out here you're in a different time zone i am yeah california usually is in a different time zone than uh new york and south carolina well it is for three hours until it isn't well then but up. then it is if you well if it depends you... on why you're measuring it what are, what are you drinking <laughs> i'm drinking a good old standard evan williams evan williams in a shaker glass is that a is that a shaker is that part of a shaker it's like one of those like it's like those steel tumblers uh, i think it's a rocks Tumblr, I think they classified us. So very cool. I've been on nice a, cool. I've been on a little kick with these uh, Negronis, and I finished the last of the Campari, and 
a good job. You killed the bottle. And vermouth well, over a long period of time. But this morning in between, so I'm in the basement here uh, and there's a bunch of boxes with bottles in them. And I found another almost empty bottle of Campari and some vermouth. So I'm going to finish off this bottle of Campari and, uh, and get us moving here. I thought you were going to say that you finished it off this morning. <laughs> no, I thought I was going to have a heart attack this morning. I had this new uh, pre-workout. And uh, it was like 7.30 in the morning. I thought my heart was going to explode. Um, so, look, James, we were talking a little before we jumped on air. And we were talking about kind of acceptance and tolerance. and uh, uh, Favorite topic of yours. Yeah, because it's just bullshit. Like, you know, I get a I'm in New York, so I see a lot of uh, diversity and you just see a lot more shit than you do when you're not exposed to as many people. Um, and I've been, you know, dealt my fair share of bullshit, but I feel like I just kind of put it behind me and move on. Whereas now we're throwing fucking Dr. Seuss, you know. All right. So this is where you're getting the news story wrong. Well, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with, with Dr. Seuss. I just know that we're getting rid of it now because Dr. No, Seuss it's, it's not a we. It, first of all, it's not a we. Second of all, it's of like however many dozens of books and stories he wrote. It's six on the, and they're all super like obscure. Three, um, the person, who, the person or people who made the decision to no longer publish the, the, the specific works were the people who are in charge of the Dr. Seuss estate. This is not like some outside force coming in and saying, we don't want Dr. Seuss on the bookshelves anymore. This is, this is the Seuss people saying. who are literally in charge of Dr. Seuss's legacy saying, we don't think it's right to publish these books anymore. The reason for that is that they have really clearly racist caricatures in them, which may have been acceptable in the 40s, but when we look at it now, just like how if you look at some like the Looney Tunes from the 40s or some of the Disney cartoons from the 40s and you're just like, holy shit, I can't believe that you guys got away with that or thought that that was appropriate. Like the eyes that we have now are not the eyes that we had 40, 80 years ago. So this is not Dr. Seuss being canceled by anybody other than, well, Dr. Seuss's trustees. So they're, they're self-censoring on this because they don't feel that it is appropriate or an accurate representation of what he stood for. Well, he did write them, right? Right. But it's one of those ones where in today's context, you can look at it and say, this really comes off badly. It might not have come off badly at the time, but it does now. And so they say, look, we would just rather not have this be considered really part of his public legacy yes we acknowledge that it happened but we're not going to continue to advertise it and promulgate it but this is is this the so basically is dr seuss going away or this is just a couple of his more obscure books that we're going to pull out of publication out of however many books he published it's like five or six of them and they're all ones that like when i when i heard like a few of them i was like i've never even read that one so they're not well known i wouldn't i mean as you know, I have a terrible memory, but um, I wouldn't remember a single book that I've read by Dr. Seuss. At least I couldn't recall the title. If you throw one out there, maybe I'd say, yeah, I know, I know that one. Well, but Some of them are pretty tough reads, so. <laughs> Anything that takes a lot of time and, and uh, 
I, you know, it, like they're not getting rid of one fish, two fish, or hop on pop. So like your reading level is preserved. All right, thank, thank God, thank God. Um, yeah, I don't know. I that's getting rid of stuff that that has happened in the past. I don't, I, I don't. Now that you tell me what happened with Dr. Seuss, I don't feel so so bad about it. You, you, have you heard this thing about Eminem? What about? I don't know. Something. The green one or the red one? Something's going on with Eminem or the white one. Oh, you know, speaking of the the green (laughs) M&M, green M&M is the lady M&M. So, you know, Mr. Potato, Mr. Potato Head, he's got the arms. You can take his face off. You know, this guy, apparently now it's just potato. And uh, they're getting rid of the Mr. and the Mrs. It's just potato is my understanding. Okay. Um, And also, who cares? I don't know that I was conservative. Someone in furious. Someone in corporate. Yeah. And the conservatives are very mad about this. But oh, why? Like what's okay, to be upset I, about? I think it was like Demi Lovato or somebody from pop culture said that gender reveal parties um, are transphobic or something along those lines. That's also stupid. Well, I mean, if you like break it down, you're like, oh, I mean, interesting point. The, the woman who came up with it, who has since said she seriously regrets and wish people would stop, her her child is nonconforming, and they did a gender reveal party. So I, I can understand from that standpoint of, yeah, I, I agree that calling it transphobic, I, I think they're, I think gender reveal parties are not stupider for much, much better reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... Oh. <laughs> Take the winning months, argument people, here. Last couple of months, you've had uh, last two weeks, you had a uh, expectant father die because the improvised explosive that they're doing blew up in the garage and killed him. Seriously injured uh, his buddy. You had a uh, cannon uh, explode in the last two months, killing another couple of people. You've got the fire on the border uh, uh, in the desert caused by border patrol agent doing a gender reveal party and it being like a 30 acre fire. So there's a uh, lot of like, worse than that. There was like a huge wildfire that caused like millions of dollars in damage. And I just have to yeah. think whenever like these accidents happen with the gender reveal party, like why couldn't they have done this before they reproduced? <laughs> that's that's actually the exact thought <laughs> that's the exact thought that went through my head uh before david went on his uh his bullet points of everything that happened in the uh recent past which is which is wild uh that's it's tragic but well, it is, it, it, it's very but is I, it no it is it's very sad if you take it instant now if you take it from our perspective you know this far removed it is very funny. And <laughs> I mean, it is It's like getting it shot in the leg. It's hard. hard. <laughs> <laughs> that is so growing one, one thing, one, one of the things I wanted to touch on is if you say something bad or you do something bad and then a year later or an hour later or, you know, two decades later, you feel bad about it and you ask for forgiveness. Does that matter? Yeah. You know, de- de- depending on what you've done and depending how long it's been, if you do something like sexual harassment, you know, what's the forgivable period? And then should you still be lambasted or crucified? Well, for- the alternative is just pure nihilism. If you can't ever make up for something you've done wrong, then what's the point in ever trying to? 
there has to be a point at some point where you might still be, you might still have that scarlet A letter for adulterer or abuser or sexual harasser, but you've seen some people that have been able to rehabilitate their images. Louis C.K. tried and did it about as poorly as you could, so I wouldn't use him as a shocking example of that. He's a comedian, so, I mean, but, you know, I... I, James, can you think of any ideas, Justin? Well, I heard... Rebuilt their image? Sexual resuscitation of their image after... Um, Let's go with Me Me Too movement, a a sexual harassment issue. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, you just you. I like how you just pulled that out of your back pocket, literally out of your front pocket, like it was just there. I don't know anything about this. So back in this would have been probably two thousand three and two thousand four, when Schwarzenegger was running for governor in California, there were a whole bunch of allegations about Mm -hmm. sexual harassment and adultery committed by him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if they were true. They probably were, but I don't know. But I mean, the guy was Mr. Like Olympia. Like, yeah. And it, it, in a row. but I think that to, to a large degree, he kind of owned up to it and said like that, I, I'm sorry for what I did. And he's, he's rehabilitated his image to being generally pretty wholesome and positive when, when he speaks publicly. I, I like Schwarzenegger. I think, uh, you know, everything I know about him, I think you know, the funny thing is, is what you just brought up. There's a movie called Pumping Iron. It's a documentary about Arnold Schwarzenegger in like the 70s, basically competing against Lou Ferrigno. And there's a line in, in the in the movie where he's like, oh, yeah, I am pumping all day in the gym and it releases the endorphins and it is like coming. And then I just go home. And I am fucking a lot these days. So I am just coming 24 <laughs> seven, which, you know, and now, you know, he's, was he the governor of California? Yeah. Yeah. For, for how long? Two terms, one term. A while, a while. Right. And he was a guy. He, that... won, he won the election after they did the recall. Jerry Brown. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I think he's. I think he's a pretty intelligent guy. He's he's pretty worldly, I, I imagine. He's well-traveled. So, I mean, I'm it's, cool with that. I've seen a couple of his messages over the last year or so, and, like, one of them is uh, he, he constantly like, likes to talk against the concept of the self-made man, where no matter how successful you are, you have to recognize that other people helped you get there, and it wasn't like, all you. I think that's very – yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Uh, and concept. he made a video um, right after the Capitol insurrection talking about his experiences in Austria shortly after World War II and what he saw the like what he saw as the kind of relics of fascism and what they do to the people who are a part of it and kind of calling for a way of healing and moving on and rejecting what we all saw in DC that day. And I would recommend anyone to, to watch the video because it, it's, it's a really personal message, but spoken really well about why it's important to fight against those forces. Hmm. I don't want to do, I don't want to go into too much more detail because it's his video, not mine. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we just got a comment on TikTok. Saying he had a child with the maid. Um, yep, just graduated last two years. He went to the graduation. Everything's secret. 
Who the child? The child happy, graduate. Though. The the yeah. child graduate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he won. He's in I his mean, life. My thinking is like, well, you all. At the end of the day, we're all animals, and I don't know. I, you know, when you're super famous, you have a lot of extra temptation, and it's a diff, it's a difficult role to uh, difficult role to fill. So that's why I use him as an example of someone who was able to rehabilitate his image because instead of running away from what he did and trying to diminish his responsibility, he said, yeah, this happened, but, and I'm not making excuses for it. I can do better and I I will try to. Well, I think, I think a lot of uh, PR screws up there. I think a lot of people have to own their shit. Um, I think who's the guy uh, I listen to a lot of uh, Simon Sinek. You know who this guy is? Uh, he's more or less a motivational speaker, but almost more of like a corporate speaker about how to kind of the modality you want in your company, in your company and, and where you, how you want to train people and build up your employees and, and things like that. But what he said was uh, Tiger Woods let us down because everybody thought he was the golden boy, the good, the good guy. And when everybody found out that he had had an affair or whatever it was, it, you know, it completely shattered his image. But had Tiger Woods played the bad boy up um, and ran with it, he, he wouldn't have taken that big hit in ratings or, you know, being hated across the board. He could have just owned it. And there's a lot of bad boy type, uh, you know, popular icons that own that message. You don't even have to be the bad boy to do this. Like, look at Derek Jeter when he was in New York City. So he was out pretty much every single weekend hooking up with a a different, insanely attractive chick to the point where his personal assistant had gift bags for the women that he would bring over. I'm I'm not making this up. You can look this up. You you can do the research for yourself. Like plan B and and some jewelry or what? God God knows what. I mean, but but. it's... He, he didn't hide from this, from what he did. And anybody that went and talked to him at a bar or whatever, like they knew what they were signing up for. He didn't pretend like it was something else. And I, he never forced himself on anybody. It was everybody went into the situation willingly. So it's if you are super famous and you want to just hook up all the time or whatever, just be honest about it and don't get married. Fair enough. Yeah. Or, you know, it just needs to be very explicit kind of what you're doing. And it's difficult being in the, well, I, I wouldn't know, but, you know, being in the, in this general public spotlight, um, just people dissecting your life. I can only imagine being, you know, and, when the, and then when there's a scandal or a perceived scandal, knowing when to speak out and what to say, uh, I imagine being very difficult. Who's that? Whose email is that? Is that email? That noise? It's not coming from me. Oh, it's not coming from me. Oh, it must be coming. Must be coming from California. Must be um, in the future. All right. So let's see. Let's see what else I got. Uh, well, real quick, do um, yeah. were there any after the fact comments on uh, our parenting? Yeah. Well, there were some. I I I, I lost some actually. Um, how do you, but how do you also lose comments. What's that? Well, I'm really bad with social media. You know, sometimes I'm I'm like really in tune with it, but sometimes I just don't kind of digest any of it, uh, which is which is really bad. I try to get in and I answer all the DMs and messages, but I'm really bad with kind of keeping up and 
Uh, we got a few cheers. We got a few cheers. Um, James, I really think you should hit that uh, that scotch. I think that'd probably be a really good idea. Um, sure, I could go for a glass. Why not? I'll be back in thirty to sixty seconds. All right, as James leaves the room to beat up his youngest brother, <laughs> steal his scotch. <laughs> and threaten him with not in an apartment or the house that they're going to move into say this is what you got to deal with i i love the brotherly dynamic uh, obviously you know we grew up kind of together but um uh, you know it's it's weird how that dynamic changes as you grow up and you spread apart i you know i i know that between my sister and i but for the most part the dynamic is still very similar between the three of, of you brothers which i i think yeah. is very interesting <laughs> And I feel yeah, bad James for the younger brother. James and our dynamic hasn't really changed much since he went to college. Well, no, you, your age difference, the two of you guys, wasn't as uh, as wide as your guys with the youngest brother. So right. youngest brother definitely got, uh, you know, it was a brutal position to to be in. Um, so, look, do you, do, you, uh, do you follow, do you know who Jordan Peterson is? Canadian guy uh vaguely he likes to stir up some controversy from time to time I don't so I, the thing is I don't oh they're a nice glasses Ooh, yeah look at that let's headphones oh headphones are on James is back online welcome back to the internet um nice glasses guys James you know who Jordan Peterson is yeah I actually he, he's interesting to listen to. I don't agree with everything that he says, but I, I like the way that he conducts debates. I, I like the way that he thinks. He So I was pretty much in line with a lot of what he said. Um, I don't. So basically, the, the very liberal people are like, this guy's a right wing extremist, uh, you know, uh, anti-Semitic and uh, white supremacist. He's not. No, I don't think I don't. And I and I think. What what brought him to really into the spotlight was he was a was he a psychology psychology professor something along those lines. Yeah, he's a Canadian psychology professor. What got him the most amount of fame early on was Canada. Canada was proposing a law, uh, something about like call it was a, it was a trans rights law about how you have to call trans people by like a certain like pronoun or something like that and what he he was saying was i don't have an issue with trans people being treated with respect but i do have an issue with government mandating certain types of speech and and i and he he did a pretty good job in defending his point of view and i don't think he's anti-trans i i don't think i mean maybe there are some people that are anti-trans but for the most part it's 2021 um it's just legislating you know language use i just i told you a while back james we were we were i'm pretty sure we were on the podcast where i was listening to a different podcast and they were telling a story about this woman who went out into the basically in the mountains and she set up shop out there had her house and she was trans and they did this and they did that. And I got really confused in the story because they changed the, well, the, I don't know if they changed it or they're using it all along, but it's a long podcast. 
and they were talking about not how she did things out in the mountains of the wilderness, but how they did things out in the wilderness. And I was like, oh, and there, it was about like being alone. And they kept using the word they. And I, it, it took me really like 40 minutes into the podcast. I was so confused. I'm like, well, I'm really alone, alone. Like, you know, she's yeah, just gender she's just, neutral pronoun. She's just yeah. being a pussy. Like she's not alone. It's her and her husband or, or, or girlfriend or whatever. Um, and she's out in the wilderness. Like, I don't think it's that big of a fucking deal. It's not alone. And then, and then it hit me halfway through the podcast. I think I actually listened to it twice. Cause I, you know, you listen to a podcast. Sometimes you're busy doing other stuff. Um, sometimes my podcast, uh, playlist rolls over and I catch them again. Um, but I was really confused. And I, I'm not a big fan of the word they, maybe it's probably, if you're, if you're trans, it's probably better than he or she, but it, it also introduces some confusion and i think maybe the biggest uh fucking a i think probably the biggest one would be is they a plural word or a singular word as in they are or they is well it's both now well now it's both sure and that's where it gets a bit confusing if you ask me and i don't I don't know where Jordan Peterson was going with this. I just, I think he, he, he was basically. Well, that's what, he just got a lot of attention because he was fighting hard against the Canadian government for what in the United States would be a first amendment violation of just regulating speech. Um, but, yeah. And then he got a lot of attention and a couple of the other viewpoints that he has that. So he, he's very big on tradition and, and kind of traditional roles well, and, exactly exactly there okay go ahead sorry and, and also he and and this is where the debate really gets kind of fiery is his views on men men men's abilities and women's abilities which is that he doesn't think that men are any more capable than women are but that there are clear statistical trends for what men tend to be better at doing and what women tend to be better at doing. Well, he's also, well, I've, I've heard him. I've listened to hours of him and I'm not even that deep into it. Him talking to Sam Harris, who Sam Harris is new to me. I didn't think I would like Sam Harris, but then I heard him talking with Jordan Peterson. Sam Harris is not very religious or I think he might be Jewish. He was raised in the Jewish faith, Jewish traditionally, but, um, but Jordan Peterson is Christian and is a believer in God. I don't think Sam Harris is. So Jordan Peterson is basically kind of dragging everything back to a greater meaning. And he believes that there's some root in everything that's happening and how everything should be gender roles and things like that in a greater meaning in a religious realm. Well, and that's where he gets problematic, but when he sticks to the data and he talks about how statistically, if you just do personality surveys and samples of, of just trends, you will see clear, a clear divergence in terms of like, for example, if you measure aggression, if you try and measure aggression, you'll find that like men are on the average significantly more aggressive than women Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that there aren't aggressive women or timid men but on average men are more aggressive than women yeah 
The issue I have with the statistics that he pulls for that, though, is how, how are you measuring that and how are you measuring the differences and the expectations we have for little boys and little girls? If you have a little boy who wants to play with the doll, he's going to catch some shit for that. Same thing, probably less so these days, but think about when we were growing up about just the very, very gendered toys. You had the girls aisle, you had the boys aisle. So for the girls, they kind of have this expectation in a similar vein. When you think about a lawyer in a courtroom, a male who's fiery, aggressive, cutthroat, goes right after the other side, he's a go-getter. You want him on your team. You have a female attorney who does the same thing. And all the other side's going to do is, what a bitch. And so there's these really gendered expectations that we have. So when you measure aggression, you have to think about when are we measuring it? How old are they when we're measuring it? And what? influences have we impacted on them what expectations for okay but yeah now you're getting a argument hold up though here's where i think if you really listen to jordan peterson fucking a i think uh uh, sorry my phone keeps ringing and that's part of the stream here i think what jordan peterson is is really kind of bringing to light is yes we have our ideals and things would be great if they if everything was kind of glossed over and we could have this idealistic world where there's no issues. But at the end of the day, we do have however many thousands of years where there are gender roles and where religion, you know, tells you and the majority of the world is religious. Religion tells you this is how it is. And we have to abide by those things. And that creates issues with our society as it's changed in the last eight years right and and that's you know the last eight years is fighting against centuries millennia of how things have been and yeah but that's a weak argument because well tradition but but, but it's but what supports tradition what do you mean what supports tradition what's the argument for tradition i don't know habit habit okay so that's circular the only real argument for tradition is that it's a tradition. Going back to our logical fallacies cast, we're using the conclusion as a premise to prove the conclusion. All right, hold up. What episode was that, by the way? Logical fallacies, seventy something. If you haven't, if you haven't seen it, you should listen to it. Logical fallacies, great episode on on Sip Talk. Um, James, can you kind of explain what logical fallacies are better than I can, faster than I can? <laughs> Sorry. One of the sure two. Can. <laughs> a logical fallacy is basically a shortcut in reasoning that allows you to make what appears to be a reasonable argument, but has a flaw in some manner that when when you analyze it will make it so that the argument's invalid. Well, so, James, I, I took Russian in high school and, and you didn't, so you probably don't know what you're talking about because Russian is a very complex language so that's a red herring or an ad hominem or both <laughs> yeah, exactly so the point is, is i think that's a, it's a really good episode to listen to or or just google logical fallacies because that's uh but yeah so the argument for tradition is that the tradition exists and that's petitio principii begging the question saying well my conclusion is we should follow the tradition why should we follow the tradition because it's a tradition Um, So that's where Peterson loses me is the argument for tradition. Um, One of the things that I think he is probably one of his strongest arguments is his argument about 
equal opportunity versus equal out outcomes. Okay, you delve into that a little more. Well, and it usually gets lost in a sea of, um, uh, well, he, he's argued he's argued against uh, people that argue against him will say that he's being misogynistic. But when he sees like quotas for hiring women or forcing women to go into certain job roles or something like that. Um, he, he looks at it as forcing an equal outcome and putting people that may not want to be in a certain role there. And he says, we should make it available to anybody who seeks it a given opportunity, but whether or not you are able to realize that opportunity should be based on your performance and your ability to execute the task. And he looks at, he, one of his favorite examples is um, in countries like Sweden, they had programs that um, basically increased the opportunities for women to be in certain industry sectors or whatever. I, I, you know what? Let me get back to you on this one because I don't remember it well enough to be able to talk about it intelligently. Wow. But basically, he has a problem with quota systems and forcing equal outcomes. And and you also can kind of get into this with the, the gender wage page pay gap where women earn less than men. And that's a demonstrable fact. But trying to say women should earn one dollar for every dollar that men earn is forcing an equal outcome when there's a more complex set of data behind the reason for the difference between women and men earnings and so just saying, well, we should pay women exactly the same as men loses a lot of the nuance of the issue. Well, agree. Um, because it's a very complex issue. I was reading an article last night, and this is what why I wanted to bring it up was, is Jordan Peterson the dumb person, smart person? No. And I didn't think so. I, I really, Joe Rogan is the dumb person, the smart Rogan. person. Yeah, but but also kudos to Joe Rogan for look at Larry King, Larry Larry King, uh, God rest his soul. Larry King passed away recently. Larry King and and he's admittedly he does no research. He has no idea what he who he's basically. He knows nothing about his guests, and he knows very little about the topic. And he just goes in and asks kind of the everyman question. He's been doing it long enough. He asks very good questions. But he knows very little about what's going on. He just asks solid, uh, insightful questions. Not always. There's well, a great YouTube clip of him interviewing a guy that does voice acting for cartoons. And he asked the dude, he says, so what are some of like your luxuries or whatever? And the guy says, you know, I like a really good cup of coffee. And like, I'm really big into socks. I like having like expensive, really plush, comfortable socks. And Larry King says, you know, I mean, a cup of coffee, nice socks, I get it and everything, but I'm talking like, what are some luxuries that you enjoy? Like a private jet or something like that. And the, and the voice actor just goes back and says, Larry, I'm on DuckTales. <laughs> <laughs> He's another serial philanderer. Um, is he? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Does he drug people like Bill Cosby? <laughs> or, no. uh, and when or, it all came out, people he'd like to watch like, them eat a sausage like Andrew Cuomo. 
Yeah. Dude, <laughs> Cuomo. Holy crap. We, we, we did Cuomo on Tuesday. So you know what? Yeah. You should weigh in. All right, David, I'm curious. So, David, I, I'd really like to see you eat that whole sausage. <laughs> really turns uh, me to watch. It really turns me on to watch people eat a dick. Uh, really like it's to weird. Someone's, someone's knocking at the apartment door here in sunny Sacramento. I have to go deal with that. It might be the gunshots again, 50 yards from my door, like Monday night. Right, uh, Cuomo, I think, is probably one of the most spectacular one-year turnarounds for a politician. You had him every single day last year, post-March, every, every day. doing his yeah. pandemic briefings in contrast to Trump and his team giving kind of crazy interviews at times I can, I, press I, briefings. Uh, hold on one second. Well, let me pause you. I watched Cuomo, uh, who was pretty much off the radar for me in New York City because we had our crazy-ass mayor. And so it was, it was basically for me the mayor of New York City, who's effectively a state governor because New York yeah. City is a big, big city. Um, and the president. And then Cuomo stepped up to bat f- for the state. And I'm watching Cuomo on TV every day because we didn't have much else to do. And I'm watching the president on TV every day. And Cuomo sounded like he knew what was happening, like his movements were calculated. Everything sounded educated and and very kind of in line with what you would do if you were put in a position to make a difficult decision where both outcomes were kind of crappy, but you were making the, you were choosing the best of the two crappy outcomes and not the bleach. And, I like sunshine. And then he got, and then it just kept going day by day by day by day that this guy got on TV and his brother is in the news. His brother's a uh, Chris uh, Cuomo. Chris Cuomo. CNN. He's a CNN uh, affiliate or something like that. What is he? Yes, yes, his own. Yes, his own show. Okay, so so he's got a he's got a news show. His brother's on the news every single day. Andrew Cuomo, on the other hand, is not. He's sitting in you know Albany behind some solid oak, signing shit, and it just happens. You don't see him or hear from him as often, but he's there. Now he's in front of you every day. And you're watching the the difficult decisions being made as they're being made, and you're feeling the shitty outcomes. And then he just kind of doubles down on everybody being safe, and and half of the majority of the state is suffering. And there may not be a better answer, but he's actively you're watching him make decisions that fuck people hard. And that was the last 12 months. So David, well, he, that's the thing. Like you said, he was being an actual leader in that point where he was, he was being a leader. Yeah. 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 He, he was owning the shit, especially then, in contrast, especially in contrast, very much at the time to Trump, who was not leading, who was not making decisions. Quote, I take zero responsibility. Horrible. In any case, in the last 12 months, I don't think you have seen a bigger fall from grace in the last 12 months. I mean, if you go back to Anthony Weiner, that's a pretty, pretty hilarious fall from grace as well but you have the nursing we can home. even stick with newer governors Oof, another show because <laughs> uh, we can do a whole one i was in the state capitol when the coup happened back in 2010 another story uh you had the big big scandal about the Cuomo administration admitting that they hid the numbers on nursing home deaths that's not a good look especially when you had harped on your transparency this entire time second you've got one 
accusation, two accusations. And the third one to me has the photographic evidence to back it up. Um, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. I think uh, she's I'll, about I'll be 32. Right, I'll, I'll be right back. I'll be in earshot. Uh, I'm going to get my Glenn Livet. It's on the other side of that basement here. Perfect. Sorry. Well, just, you had, um, it's a 32-year-old woman. She met Mr. Cuomo at a wedding. And there is a picture where he has his arms on her shoulders. And if you cannot see the absolute disgust and uncomfortableness that this woman has in that moment because it was after he had put his hand on the small of her back and she moved it away and then you you see him kind of like holding her if you've ever seen that look as a guy you need to get the hell away from there because you have just made someone extremely uncomfortable whether or not that was your intention you need to get the hell out because you have just stepped in it hard and expect to hear about it later so uh, I think Cuomo, Cuomo in the last year has completely torpedoed any potential for future office because, one, his apology uh, the last couple of days was bullshit. Oh, sometimes and, I like making jokes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a nice way to justify and acknowledge and tacitly admit that you've sexually harassed people and knew that it was inappropriate. Look, you're the governor of one of the largest states, one of the most important states in the country you need to keep your shit on the level what bottle is that it's not it's not glenn Levitt. it's glenn fittich it's a 15 is that the solera reserve oh shit it's not even open oh it's an 18 because the glenn fittich 15 is fantastic well this is the 18 james i prefer 15 <laughs> have you had the 18 kevin <laughs> Um. Yeah. Oh, bad. Fourteen. Um. I don't know. I, I feel. I feel bad for the guy. Why? Why? <laughs> because he's getting called out for the things that he did and is facing consequences. For but again, actions. again, you know, oh, you I see do, myself you, in him. You do. <laughs> I do not. He has hair. He's a sympathetic character. He has hair. I don't. I do not. Um. I know. This is all just. Uh... <laughs> projection i could be that guy sometime imagine just <clears throat> no i uh <clears throat> oh this is a nice uh i'm not gonna have too much but i i am out of uh, negroni which is a nice drink keep in mind this is the kid of mario cuomo he he has been in a life of privilege his entire life well, and it, he's entitled to these things and he feels that and you can see it in the picture i was just mentioning he feels like when he that woman took his arm off of her body said no i deserve this I, why, why is she doing that i have every right to be doing this and then you see him holding her by the shoulders and she is just like back like this like well, why that, is he touching that's, me that's the thing about reading body language and i feel i feel i don't know i feel you know James and I are probably more socially awkward than you, David, but it's very difficult to read, <laughs> to read body language you seen me in a while. and to, and to read people. And it's, I just, you know, I feel bad. So right now I've always sympathized with the guy that like goes in for the kiss or the guy that like, you know, asks for the number and gets declined. But now what, what's coming to the forefront is, is the girl going, well, he asked for my number and, I was in a re- it was really, 
really uncomfortable for me. So I gave it to him. And then he texts me and I don't know what to do. I feel like it's harassment. Well, look, dick, you gave me your fucking number. But I sympathize with the guy that asks for the number and doesn't get it. Or the guy that not, I don't think I've ever gone in. Maybe I have, I don't know. Going in for a kiss and, and not gotten it. But that's that's more embarrassing on the guy part, I imagine, than the girl part. And yeah, she looks horrified. These are two completely separate things you're talking about well, here. Look, you, you're on a date and you, you go in for the kiss and you, you miscalculate. That's different. What if it's, what if it's not a date? Well, then that's different. But it's a congressional um, event. He, here's, the, here's the analogy. is You go in for the kiss and she pulls away and instead... You go and say, you know what? Well, I'm just going to go in anyway and hug her nice and deep and like kiss her on the cheek. That's what he's doing here. Take a look at the link that I just sent. It, I, I or did. Put, put the picture. I know James did, but just take it, a look. Is this a video that you sent? Because I'd love no, it's just a, It's just a picture. There was only the picture. Uh, the uh, well, let me see if at, I can Let me see if I can throw this on the on the camera here. I want an advantage. Let's see. Uh, all right. Uh, well... Shit. Ah. Somebody took a picture in that moment. <laughs> someone someone oh, read the body. Ad, I, have an ad, yeah. I have an ad blocker on. Uh, so it yeah. disappeared. Yeah, tell me, Justin, have you never seen that reaction? No. <laughs> not that reaction. Also, I'm not 60, 63 years old. So um, I don't know. I, uh, I'd love to, to actually discuss more about Jordan Peterson. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to. Need we need to, to do more research on it. I did. Yeah, let's have some research on it. I, but I, I liked, I like the way the guy thinks. Um, I think he's a little hung up on religion. But listening to him, I, you know, I'm not. No, I don't. J David, you religious? No. Uh, yeah. Okay. So James and I are Jewish by heritage. It's more of a cultural thing for us to, you know, throw back to our family's sure. roots. But, sure, but we don't attend temple, and we're not, we're not practicing. We're not kosher. We. I know that, but um, but I think I think Jordan Peterson really gets hung up on there's a greater power, and he believes in in some depth of Christianity that 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 greater power exists, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. But I I really see what he's kind of hanging on to. And that was it was difficult listening because I, I've listened to a lot of Jordan Peterson. And I really respect the way he thinks because he he tries to he said he wrote a book and he wrote every sentence of the book like five times because he, he needed to make sure that every way his thought could be perceived fit with every other thought. And it made the most sense and it couldn't be argued one way or the other. And and. and and that's a great way to think, and also it means you must have an insane amount of free time. But well, let, let's talk about him once we've had a chance to like brush up on his work, so that way we're not just conjecturing. Sure, I, I think that's fair enough. Um, so I, I, I'm about to order his book, but I'm not going to read it. So I'll order the book. I'll order the hardcover. True man book. of principle. <laughs> I'll order the I'll order the hardcover book and then download the audio book. Is probably. Probably my plan. It's probably above your reading level. Uh, oh. Already a hop on pop. Hundred uh, percent. The, the audiobook my... or the hardcover. Oh my god! You guys, you <laughs> the guys, audiobook are... a hop on pop. You, you might guys, be able to follow along. 
you guys are too smart for 2021. You don't understand the pain of the every man when we run into a word that we can't double tap and hit the lookup button. And then yeah, you but just, you can talk to girls. So then, like yeah. this is this is a trade off here. <laughs> I read you 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 get lit. So, um, but look, <laughs> yeah, I read books. You read the room. Um, Body language. Practice, 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 <laughs> practice, practice. Yeah, just practice. Going right to stage three. We're <laughs> screw stage one and two. We're just it's right to stage intuitive. three. Well, I, you know, ultimately, you got to round the bases at the just, end of the day. But um, no, no, no. This is a completely different. This is a different scale. I'm talking about the evolution of the human species, James. I'm talking about continued generations. And that goes to James's point earlier about why can't they kill themselves before the gender reveal accident? Because they've already conceived like that baby's coming. Yeah. I mean, unless, so, they're, unless they're able to get the wife, too. That's even worse. <laughs> what? <laughs> and this is why. So when you when you're like, oh, yeah, I'm on the spectrum a little bit. This is when you need to like double down and be like, yeah, I'm retarded. You can't, you can't i know that was hurtful for many people but i am retarded but you I, can choose whether or not to listen to me yes a lot of a lot of people have you can have yeah chosen. you can choose whether or not to take me seriously i certainly don't oh man people uh, can vote with their feet we're, we're getting fucked i think probably in the comments or a lot of laughing faces and in, in a sign out so <laughs> <laughs> uh actually it's funny because I, I try to watch the comments and, and we don't you don't see the sign outs, but you see the, the viewer <laughs> count. You see the you see the viewer count drop. Uh your approach to podcasting is like my approach to property values, because I've been looking at the property values around the house that I'm about to buy. And what I really want to see happen is that as soon as I move into this place, I just want to see the property values within like Why? a one block radius just fucking Why? plummet. Why? Why is that? Because he I wants the power. Have, yeah, I want to say that I, I made a mark in the world. Well, James is the kind of guy who puts M&Ms and Skittles into the community candy bowl at the office of, just to like, watch the world burn. It is yeah. a brilliant idea. But, it's kind of funny. Um, but here's my thing. You can find some like colored mints. Because I, I moved into a neighborhood. There's no HOA. And um, that's cool. Happy about that. I didn't, even, I didn't even know about that stuff before we started talking about it. It just never occurred to me, but Real I want to. Agent. I'd never heard of HOAs. I've heard of them. It didn't occur to me when I was buying because I'm in New York City, so <laughs> it's like a foreign fucking thing. It's like I didn't know you had to fucking change elephant hoofs, like like fucking horse feet. Um, like that was. I don't know. Uh, you know, horses, horses have <laughs> horses have horseshoes. Horses have horseshoes. Okay, you led with elephants. All right, but if I was in India, I, w- I would be like, oh, the, the elephants are just walking around. And some, yeah, but the elephants the, don't wear shoes. And then an Indian guy would be like, no, we got we got to change their uh, elephant elephant shoes. They don't wear uh, shoes. Well, but you don't know that. How much time you spent with the elephants? As much as you have. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. So I d- don't expect the elephants to wear shoes either. But apparently, you know, in my hypothetical And also, what are elephants doing in New Jersey? Dolphins? Elephants. There's no elephants here. You better make the first shot count, because otherwise you're just gonna make her mad. Yeah, you know, I'm. I'm about to. Uh, I'm about to buy a crossbow to hunt deer in my backyard. I don't want to have a gun, so the neighbors don't like freak out. But I definitely want a crossbow. I. I don't know. I, I don't know what I would do with a deer when I when I, aired it. You might but, 
let us think this one through. Well, or, but I would YouTube it, and then uh, I have a big grill, <laughs> so I think <laughs> I think I would figure it out. I would um, just take it to a deer processor. And make also, what's problem. your plan for when the arrow misses? You just got to, then you have an extra arrow. or misses the heart and goes through the deer. Now you just up. Fuck, there goes an arrow. <laughs> or like or and, and, and here comes a really angry deer. The deer's not going to... I'll be in the living room with the window open. He's not gonna <laughs> but, so, uh, James, I, I, David, I don't think you were around for this. James, you may have been when we were kids. Maybe not. Maybe it was just me and, and the neighbor, Chris. Uh, we used to take the bow and arrow and shoot it straight up. <laughs> Were you there for that? We yeah, also yeah. used to take, we also used to douse tennis balls in gasoline and play tennis. <laughs> oh, I was there for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was I was the progenitor of that idea. <laughs> we we I don't know what it was with gasoline. I think I think probably the first time that we brought gasoline up to the bonfire and then we were lighting shit like left and right with gasoline and then the the Gatorade bottle. So we used to break into the garage, not break in, but we go to the garage. And there was five gallon, a couple five gallon tanks of gasoline. And we take the gasoline tanks and we fill up Gatorade bottles and we bring the Gatorade bottles back to the you know, back tennis can. Uh, ten, yeah, or a tennis can. The, uh, the you know tennis ball can comes with three balls. So we take Gatorade bottles and the and the the can of the tennis balls came in. We bring them out to the backyard. We have a little bonfire back there, and then we just do shit with the gasoline but i think once we were like lighting shit on fire and then the gasoline container the tennis ball container or a gatorade container fell over and it spilled across our picnic table and then we were like oh it just kind of lit up fast and then it kind of went out when we realized like gasoline has got a short burn life and i think then we just like got crazy with the gasoline and started lighting shit on fire left and right like lighting each other on fire you know, you pour gasoline down your arm, light the gasoline on fire, shake that shit off, you know, smother it with a uh, your T-shirt or whatever. So, Justin, why don't you have hair? It has nothing to do, <laughs> nothing to do with gasoline. Maybe you should start telling that story instead. I like it better. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a lot edgier. It, yeah. It, it, it's, yeah, it's a lot more white trashier. And, <laughs> um, you, know, you got to lead into dude, it, man. We grew up at a high school that had 85 kids in our graduating classes. We're we're not trash, but we're 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 from the neighborhood. No. Yeah, also, yeah. we we went to a high school where the first day of hunting season, two thirds of the class was out. I think that was before our grade. I could be wrong. I don't know. I I I you know I was really focused on physics and mathematics. I recall. So, yeah. Yeah. What, what was your grade um, in physics? I don't know, probably like a C. <laughs> but I mean, I showed up. I actually, uh, I remember having, I think it was earth science, and I slept through almost every single class. I still got to be. But, um, but it was first period. I mean, first period, I, that's the thing, is like having a class at like 7.40 a.m., I can tell you it was like a real person in the real world. That's not a, like a thing. If I if I had if I had to pluck anybody from the real world and be like, hey, look, I need you to pay attention for forty minutes between seven forty and eight twenty, and then I'm going to test you on it. Like that's not like my expectations for the 
that that tests are very very low it just doesn't matter. I remember in earth science I was also in first period and I had my head down I wasn't sleeping I was listening but it was just too early for me to have my eyes open and so <laughs> did you have Spiro I did yeah so Spiro would be talking about whatever earth science stuff or whatever and then he'd ask a question to the class to see if people were paying attention and so I just have like my head down like this on the desk he'd ask a question head down I, on a desk yeah I, I raise my hand he'd call on me I'd give the right answer and then I'd put my head back down and everyone in the class is like, we hated you because we thought you were sleeping the entire <laughs> well, you time. Looked, you looked like you were asleep. Yeah. If you had your head down in the class, you yeah, looked like, like you were asleep. Yeah. I, I, man, you know, so I have a lot of meetings, not a lot. I have meetings in my office. Um, and I watch people where they do this thing where they're like, they're, and I hate this because I'm giving the meeting. So I'm obviously 110% engaged in every fucking essence of what's happening. And I watch, and so I'm like, I'm there. I'm like, you know, as far as any reason, sort of like coked up. Like I'm in, you know, there's no more in the moment, right? And then I watch people, I'm, I'm energetic. And I watch people and they're like. You should throw I, something at them. It's I infuriating mean, from a presenter standpoint. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, and You're saying you don't give a shit about what I clearly do. Yeah, well, that's, it's. But also, I was on a Zoom meeting yesterday or the day before. And they were covering all this shit, and I was like, "Guys, like, I'm not like I'm." I didn't say like I'm tired. I'm not paying attention to this shit, but I'm like, this is a lot of information. I can't retain it all. It's not. It's not going to happen. I'll hit you guys up soon. When I run into these issues, I will hit you guys up. I'll ask you questions. It's too much for me right now. I appreciate you running through all 82 bullet points. I won't remember. I'll, I'll remember four bullet points, probably the first four. That's it. I feel like we have digressed a little bit. What am I missing? Bring us back on track. James, you're well, we talking Cosby? about tolerance and uh, Dr. Yeah. Seuss to start off the evening. So. So you as, normal, back around? as normal, we end up on being boring in meetings. Being boring. Well, this is yeah. And this being is, this is our uh, weekly <laughs> weekly Zoom meeting. Um, no, I mean, I I just think you know I want to draw a clear line between Bill Cosby and Andrew Cuomo. I think I which think which is what real- you think of when you think of Dr. Seuss. No, Dr. Seuss is... I don't think that drawing a clear line between Bill Cosby and anyone is terribly beneficial to the person that isn't Bill Cosby in this situation. Like, hey, you're not Bill Cosby. Like, ooh. And also, if you're around Bill Cosby, you're not seeing many clear lines. They're all kind of... not seeing much. No. Fucking A. Um, But... I didn't drug people (laughs) and sleep with them. That's his problem. Yeah, why are you mad at me about this? But I think... I think you have, it's a tiered, it's a, it's first off. So are we defending Bill Cosby now? No, we're We're, (laughs) we're using Bill Cosby as a weighted side of the spectrum here. You got, you got Bill Cosby, you got Weinstein. Weinstein's got more power, but less drugs. Cosby's got more drugs, but less power. Good guy's got a sweater vest, but really not a good guy because He's got the drugs, right? And then, and then the, you the got drugs it. are a problem, but it's really the the drugs in combination with the rape. I think yeah, that's it's really it's, where it's what he does with the drugs because there's plenty of good guys with drugs. 
Yeah. Well, I think if you watched a lot of <laughs> Dr. Seuss, you know, Whoville type movies, you're on mushrooms or something, that'd be much more entertaining than being fucked by Bill Cosby. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah, be I, terribly I, happy I'm, to come I'm, out of like, a, well, it was Quaaludes. It was Quaaludes that he would uh, drug people with. So, uh, I don't really um, want to come out of Quaalude trip. And I know Bill very. The two of you should really listen to Jim Jeffries' bit on Bill Cosby. I know very little about about drugs. I know very little about Bill Cosby. I know like we made a lot of Jello shots in high school and in early college years, and that was fun. What does that have but to do with Bill Cosby? J e l l o. He had the Jello jigglers. Okay. But did you put Quaaludes into yours? And then did you sleep with women that you dosed? No, I think these are different I, scenarios. In, in high school, I, I, I went many years not getting laid. And jello shots supplied it. I, so I watched, I watched a lot of movies growing up. So I thought like you could be cool. And then you could just go to, the, go to your room. Because, uh, David, I don't know if you knew this, but in high school um, and the, the years afterwards, my mom moved out of the house. She bought a house in the uh, countryside and she moved out of the house. So I had, and <laughs> in retrospect, retard, my part. So I thought it'd be cool to just be cool. And then you would go to your room and I left the door cracked open always. And I was like, oh, yeah. tonight's the night someone comes in. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna like say some cool shit. I'm gonna like drop a a, a handful of like some cool ass one liners. And we get a party at my house. There's like thirty people here or so. And it, it's one o'clock in the morning and I got uh college online courses tomorrow at two. So I gotta be well rested. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna intermingle with the party. I'm gonna say some cool shit. Really cool shit. And then I'm going to go to my room at the end of the hallway. I'm not going to close the door. I'm going to leave the door like three inches open. And if this is a movie, you know, obviously I don't know shit in life. I'm thinking what I know for movies. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to leave the, leave the door open three inches. And, and, you know, 14 minutes later, I'm probably realistically like in my mind, like seven minutes later, some girl's gonna push the door open. I'll be half asleep, and and she's gonna be like, "Oh, hey, hey, Justin, did you really, you really meant what you said?" And and uh, uh, can I sit down? And then one thing leads to another, and then and then you know it's a great sexual yeah, relationship. She, she, she then we get married, and then we get married and have a family. Um, because that's what I, I knew. Think, that's what I guess that. At the party, the only girl that was going to walk into that room was someone who was so drunk that she mistook it for the bathroom and then vomits on your bedspread. <laughs> exactly, but or, I probably have. But, but I grew up or, watching a lot of movies, so I didn't yeah. know. I didn't realize that there was a difference, and that was a thing. I knew that if you if you wait in your in isolation, wantingly, shit's going to happen. If you're waiting, this isolation. sounds like Eric logic. <laughs> it is because Eric and I both <laughs> watch a lot of movies. So you if watch the same movies. You know, it's, it's, it's the same thing as like you get to argue with your parents. Your parents punish you, right? and, and, and and then they banish you to your room. 
And ultimately, you know what's going to happen. Your parents are like, go to your room. And it's, it's early. It's 630. They're like, you're eating dinner and you're not about to eat Brussels sprouts. And they're like, fuck you. Go to your they say, fuck you. They say, look, you need to eat vegetables. And you're like, I don't want to eat vegetables. And they're like, leave the table. Go to your room. Now, in a movie or a TV show, the parent shows up to the bed and they sit and they, they pat your they pat your knee and they're like, hey, pal, you know, I just got a bit excited because I know uh, Brussels sprouts are good for you and I just want the best for you. And, uh, you know, pal, I'm in your corner. But in reality, they just send you to the room because, like, they want nothing to do with you. And they're like, this motherfucker doesn't eat shit and he just wants to not unlike the women that went to your parties <laughs> <laughs> they just right, want to be done with you oh thank god he went down to the end of the hallway ah fuck you didn't close the door all right don't be loud you might wake up and come back so uh i just saw james you know nicole feliciano she just joined coco graham uh what i want to do is we need a little more female presence we're going to hit some parenting topics in the future podcast. Uh, we are at the end of episode 82. Sticks and stones might break your bones if you're the youngest of the. That was the topic for tonight? Yeah, it was. It was. Allegedly. Well, yeah, I'm sorry if you guys didn't end up with a broken femur, you know. What? That's not the bone you want to break. <laughs> no, no, that was tibia, fibula. Tibia. tibia. Either way, maybe, maybe, maybe in the future, maybe in the future, we'll, James and I'll bring on our mutual friend Eric, who who rocked his ankle, and uh, that was there's a lot of bones in your ankle, and he did some major damage. So. That's one of my favorite stories of all time. All right. I'm just going to I'm going to preface it by I came into school one day, and. Justin's walking up to his locker and he looks like he got three hours of sleep after a 12 round boxing match. And like, dude, what in the world were you doing last night? I was in the hospital all last night with Eric. And the story gets better from there. We broke his ankle. He slipped on dog shit. He broke his <laughs> slipped on dog it's even shit. better Bro- than that, though. Broke his ankle. There's some some. Fury about McDonald's not being delivered. Yeah. He was he was going. Uh, I don't want to talk shit. It's one of my best friends. He was going. Long story. Power, power through. I'm it. gonna I'm gonna deliver it the most respectful. Yeah. Way. What about you and Scott and the the things that you were doing before all of this? Well, we were we were cleaning his room. We were cleaning his bedroom. Who it, and how appreciative was was he of this? So, I'm look. Don't goad me into this. All right. <laughs> That's a, you, you you just opened the door three so, inches i'm walking through it our friend had a messy bedroom we're cleaning the, he needed a, the tv in his bedroom broke so we were putting a new tv in it's a nice tv and he didn't want to help so he said i'm, I'm going i'm leaving so he he left the house slipped on dog shit on his way to mcdonald's and uh, broke his ankle. End of story. Mm. You are underselling it by orders of magnitude. We will delve into this story by orders of magnitude in a future podcast, I promise you. And that's why you need to subscribe <laughs> and listen to every minute of this podcast because it gets uh, 
We got some good shit. We got some good shit. Uh, and James, we have not actually even talked. We haven't even broached the subject of the steps to you buying the house and the bid accepted. Everything's good on that on, so far? It's cruising? Hey, I'm hands off at this point. I've done what I need to do. Loans and underwriting. The property appraisal has been paid for and some dude's going to need to go out there and look at the house and money's in the agent's hand for the earnest money. So at this point, it's let all the paper pushers do their thing. And at some point I'll have a house. And I would say that like all of this is going away, but it's just going to be rearranged in a larger space. I hope it's rearranged. It's a white wall. Um. <laughs> but so I can look like I'm in an interrogation room. I'll get there. I'll get there. We, I, have a, I have a whole set of minds, a vision right now in the workout slash bar room. Um, but it, it'll get there. Down oh, here. I already have a bar. Well, so do I, Dick. Yeah, I didn't have to build mine. It's coming with the house. No, it's coming with the house. All right, well. All right, guys. Um, this concludes episode 82. I cannot wait for episode 83, 84. going to bring David Boswell, political scientist, back <laughs> uh even though he exists in the past future past past right past, past. i've been here past really a shame. until until the earth spins enough to get me back to where yeah, now earth isn't going fat. the earth is not going fast enough for california to catch up to new york so i'm going to drag my little mouse that everybody can see if they're watching us live onto the end button and i will catch you guys next time adios motherfuckers adios Peace. Yeah. All right. That is the show. Thank you for joining. See you next time. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.